Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins podcast. I'm dedicated to helping you take control of your life. Together, we'll explore practical tips, expert advice, and inspiring stories to help you overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Making small changes is possible and can lead to big results. Are you ready? Let's go do this. Steve, I'm so glad we're here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So what I like to do with my guests is I just like them to introduce themselves and start in your story where you want to go and we'll just go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks, Sue. Thanks so much for having me. It's really cool to sit down and have this conversation at the end of the day. Um, I'm Steve, now Moby Leach uh, from, we'll get to the Moby part soon enough, but um, from Edinburgh, Scotland originally. Um, ended up in South Carolina um, at Clemson in 1991. Lived in Scotland until I was 17. My parents still lived over there. Um, and my mom still lives there to this day. Um, but I've lived in South Carolina basically since 1998. And um, left for a little while, 2010, 2018. But really call South Carolina my home now. Into real estate, into coaching, into... Um, ultra marathon swimming, um, big on sobriety, have a massive family. My bride, we're married. We have a blended family of six kids and a granddaughter. And um, we have a lot on our plates. It's really cool. <laughs> That's just like a brief I, overview kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have an amazing background story. Also, you've got a lot of experience behind you. And I definitely, there's two things I want us to touch on today. Definitely your faith. And the other is your most recent accomplishment. And that's swimming the Kaiwi. Did I pronounce it correctly? Kaiwi Channel, yeah. Kaiwi Channel, the 26 Channel, miles. Yeah. yeah. In in uh, Hawaii. So um, yeah, it, you want to pick up from there. Yeah. So faith, faith is an interesting thing. My dad, um, Dad was an evangelist uh, from Scotland, came to Chicago and Moody Bible Institute in Chicago in 1966. Um, they flew over a twin prop plane, landed on Green Greenland, refueled, and then went back over. You know, and they didn't have phone lines at that point. It was all um, wires and telegrams back and forth. Eventually, they ran a line underneath the Atlantic to make a phone call, which you had to book two weeks in advance with the... Uh, the switchboard but uh i tell you that because now we facetime and instant message and all this stuff is just crazy but um yeah so dad um was evangelist grew up in the christian circles with billy graham and all those and Lise plow and, and big names and um but just kind of like felt like an outsider looking in didn't really know what faith was to me um I, at a young age, was swimming and on the national team um, over in Scotland, and but uh, didn't really fit in there either because I was over in America a lot growing up. Um, I was over here summers and Christmases, and then I would be at school over there. So it was like over here, I was the visitor, and back at home, everyone was like, "Oh, you're a Yank because you're going over to America all the time." Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like this, almost like a third culture kid, right? very strange didn't really fit, feel like a fit in um also i was really 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 hyper um just high drive didn't didn't really wasn't good on small talk conversations things like that but loved just doing things whether anything to do with water 
water skiing, surfing, swimming, splashing, <laughs> like yeah, anything to do with water, I want to be in water. And um, you know, I quit. I quit swimming after Clemson. Went did a culinary degree. Um, became a chef for many years. Um, trained with a master chef in Scotland. But then, um, 2010, I'd opened up a restaurant, bankrupted, um, burned out. My drug and alcohol addictions that had been managing. I was a functioning addict um, for years, uh, really a decade. Um, really kind of lifestyle thing inside of the hospitality industry just caught up with me. And I hit rock bottom in 2010, found myself underneath a tree in a uh, rest area. Um, actually, I just passed that tree in that rest area on the way to Louisville uh, last week. And every time I pass it going up uh, the highway, um, I, uh, I sometimes I stop, sometimes I don't. But I just kind of sat there and went, okay, God, I'm done. Uh, I've done everything I can possibly do in life, and I am now sitting here. Um, I don't know when I'm going to see my children again. I've got $55 in my pocket, no insurance in my car, no plate, mm. no, dead bags on the car, um, completely bankrupted, life wasted, um, and just just done, you know. And, um, and that's really where my, my faith journey started. I'd love to say, yeah, it got really easy at that point. It didn't. It got harder. Um, but by the grace of God, by nothing I did, never went to rehab or anything like that, quit drugs, quit drinking, um, and started working on really my, my faith walk, my spiritual development, um, who I am, who God created me to be, um, kind of what looking like a godly man looks like outside of like just showing up for church. Like who is he, who is God? Who am I? Um, so I worked on that spiritual and I started working on physical, um, just trying to get healthy again. Um, after years of, you know, just punishing my body, uh, I, I wanted to be healthy. And so worked on that. What does it mean to be eat well, work out again? And I'd love to tell you that 10 years ago, I started 12 years ago, I'd started swimming again. I did. I, I did some swims here and there while I was up in Michigan just by myself. But tried to get back in the swimming pool, and I was like, mm -mm, "No way, can't do it." And um, so that never really took off. But got into like weightlifting and things like that, just overall being healthy. Um, then I started working on relational, spiritual, physical, relational development. What does it look like to be? If I'm going to be a, a a husband ever again, what does that look like? If I'm going to be a um, a father to my kids, like. Um, mm. And keep pursuing them what does that look like if i'm going to be a friend what does that look like if i'm going to be in business with someone what does that look like and really started like examining my faith and my physical my spiritual and physical development and my relational development all is this this group of things these three pillars um and then was kind of like working on my financial after that and then fast forward i uh you know was finished up the restaurant industry in 2018 um, on a high note. Worked for a great, just an incredible operator up in Michigan. He ran two hotels. I ran the food and beverage for him and really finished on a high note. I was I was so happy with that. But after 19 years, I was like, someone said, if you stay in till 20, you're never getting out. And I was like, mm. I... I I'm done. Want like, to get I out? I don't want to work nice anymore. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you your story. I'm just sitting here like ready to explode because I've interviewed a lot of people and um, I've interviewed people who have gotten sober and they've got, and they've gone through programs. Um, I've had a friend on, uh, he was a, a cocaine addict and a, a functioning alcoholic for 20 years. And, you yeah. know, they go through programs and what I find most fascinating, I find a couple of things fascinating about your story, but one is that you did it yourself. That yeah. you didn't, you didn't go to a, 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 a triple, uh, sorry, I was going to say triple A, you didn't go to an AA program or anything, you did it yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, captured just that little bit of time where you started to take those small steps. What were your, do you remember, what were your first small steps that you did take that started your path to sobriety and no longer having drug addiction and just you know capture those first couple maybe year or two you said you were bankrupt you were you had 55 dollars in your pocket uh i know you know there's probably somebody listening who knows who is either in that spot or knows somebody in that spot yeah. what words of encouragement could you give to them on how you started your trajectory upward at that point yeah, well, started upward. It was I, I looked upward, like okay, God, I, you know, I'm done. I'm going to trust you. Um, I also, um, at first, I started, you know, just like landscaping and doing stuff like that, just to be outdoors, just mm -hmm. to keep work to be busy. Um, and that busyness kind of like just kept my brain from like just sitting in a pit. Um, I needed to be moving I, to this day. I, I need to be moving. I don't sit very well. Um, but I, I think it was um, having community around me, too. I had an incredible community up in Michigan at Bethany Beach. Um, people who really showed me grace and cared for me. Um, mm -hmm. But were like, he, you know, he's trusting, he's working, he's moving, he, you know, these things. <laughs> yeah, the alcohol actually the year after I quit drugs was became a, became an issue, and I never really liked alcohol all that much. I thought it was really boring. Um, I just did it as like part of the industry, um, and alcohol became this like thing. I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't even like this. But uh, you know, it was just I wanted to numb myself so much. So that's really where the the step of just being able to sit by myself. So I found I found a gentleman, or he found me, however you want, that we could just sit there and it, we could sit in silence and and just every now and again say something to each other. But it was more about just being with your own thoughts and praying. And, and I think once I knew that, once I knew that I was okay being with me, and that I could just deal with my problems, then I can go out and deal with other problems because I am my biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think a lot. Of, yeah. yeah. I, I hear that. That's been a common theme. Yeah. Is us first. You have to take care of yourself. You have to start with you first. And it's so mm -hmm. counterintuitive to what we hear out in, even in the church. I mean, I've been part of the church for over 25 years as well. So, you know, you grow up in that service to everybody else, serve others, serve others, serve others. And I'm not saying not serve others, but 
sometimes we serve others to the exclusion of caring for ourselves. And what we tend to forget is that if we don't take care of our inner body first, we don't take care of that inside first, we're not going to have that strength and we're not going to have that ability to care for others when we're called to do that. So that's where the silence comes in at. I had a friend of mine, you know, we learned, I, I learned about the, the power of silence, just sitting in silence for 10 minutes. It's it, honestly, this, that was a foreign concept to me about until about two months ago when somebody challenged me and they said, why don't you just sit quietly in the morning and at night for 10 minutes and breathe. Right. Right. And what right. a difference right. already for me personally, just to be alone and be comfortable with myself. So I can relate to what you're saying and say, yes, a hundred percent what you're talking about, getting comfortable with who you are. And that's a small step anybody can take right now. Just listening. If you're not sure who you are, take that first step just to start exploring inside. And, yeah. and, that, and that's a really good, um, in uh, in way because i was looking at your facebook you have some amazing facebook posts that are encouraging inspirational and uplifting and you have one post where you talked about not fitting in is really a blessing in disguise would you talk some more about what you meant by that and unpack your thoughts on somebody's unique abilities and kind of what prompted you to make that post yeah so i I, I really had an insecurity problem um, growing up, and it was because uh, I was bullied. I was treated differently. Um, I didn't really fit in, and and I didn't really knew know where I fit in. So I, I tried to fit in wherever I could. I was the I was the pleaser. I was the complimenter. I was the the schmoozer, if you will. You know, and I I didn't mean like I didn't even know what I was doing. It was just this absolute desire to be connected just for the sake of connection. Um, so once I got really comfortable with me and who God says I am, it was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> now I'm really scared that I actually might fit in. Um, because, you know, we go going back to what you're saying, like serving others. Serving others is what I often see is like people are sol trying to solve everybody else's problems. Mm -hmm. But it's that, it's to distract them from actually taking care of the problems they have inside themselves. It's to actually make their them feel, feel themselves feel better. So it's like posturing. You're like, hey, man, I really helped all these people out today. Da, 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 da. Meanwhile, in the background, like, okay, their money game might be good, but their health is falling apart. Their marriage is falling mm -hmm. apart. Their relationship with their kids is falling apart. You know, like all these other things. But hey, man, man, we helped a ton of people today. Yeah. You know, we made a ton yeah. of money, whatever. And and that's just like, that doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, your, your castles, you're going to crumble if you do that. But if you, you know, if you, if you are fitting in with yourself and you know who you are as God created you and what his purpose is for your life, then at that point, when you go out, you're serving for the sake of serving. I always right. say like, if you you know if you can serve someone and they never even know that you're the you're the person that served them that's the ultimate that's you know right. so when you don't we get do any credit yeah, yeah when we do fundraisings for swims like we i love to be the sweat equity i'll go out there because i love swimming now you know and i love being in the water and i love pushing myself and i love training and i just 
I just love the people around it and meeting new people and sharing life experiences. But I love fundraising. And if I if I can if we can raise money, our team can raise money and give it to people and they get the help they need, but they never know where that money came from. That is the biggest win I can ever get. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that in a minute, how you use your swimming to do that. Yeah. But I want to, you know, I want to make sure that uh, you said something really eye opening. And I just wanted to make sure that I captured, I heard it and captured it correctly. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about how we serve and that people will go out and, you know, you use that serving as kind of like a bandaid over the things that are really wrong in your own life. And it, it's, it makes you feel good to help other people. You know, yeah. it really does. But at, you know, at the end of the day, when you're done, you still have to go home. You still have to stop serving. You still have to address those issues that are going on. It sounds like you found, once you got comfortable with who you are and you found your purpose, then it became a lot easier and freeing to go ahead and serve others. And you, you also talk about embracing your unique ability and finding purpose. And in that Facebook post, you also talked about one needs to turn to their higher coach and you give God the, the credit for that. What would you say to someone who either doesn't know how to find their unique ability or doesn't believe that God's pleased with them and he doesn't think, you know, they're not, they don't think he's going to answer them. Uh, to help them embrace their unique ability, what would you say? Oh, sure, sure. Um, well, I think we're so hardwired. Uh, culturally, we're hardwired, and um, and we've got. First of all, you got to unplug. So you know, if, if you're going through your normal routine every single day, like in the subconscious living, um, it's going to be very hard because honestly, you're going to seek, you're going to find purpose in whatever marketing plan comes up online that kind of go oh that looks fun oh that looks fun oh that looks fun but you said something earlier like deep breathing unplugging i you know i i like to just sit with myself sit out in nature i like to go swim you know whatever it may be but just really unplug like get rid of the electronics get rid of the instant messages everything go for a walk you know, and, and just start, but doing it as a daily practice, you know, so you're creating that space um, so that you can actually hear a voice. And you know what? If you're not sure who God is or what, if there even is a God, just start talking. Hey, God, I don't even know if you exist, but if you do exist, I'm just going to have a conversation with you. You know, like when you're getting to know someone, what do you do? You have a conversation. You're asking me questions. I'm answering we're, we're going back and forth same thing at the end of that you might go there is no god and i'm, I'm like that's okay if, if that's what you believe i don't know how you could believe that um, when we're this standing on this ball whirling through space that <laughs> doesn't seem to have an end i'm like somebody had to create this um yeah. you know what i'm saying um yeah. but yeah. i think when you give yourself opportunity to actually hear, to be still, to unplug. And that's just a so com Basically, if the entire culture is download more data, then do the opposite. Right. And listen for the whisper. So, you yeah. know, like what I like to do every day is I, I actually, behind me on the left here is my little 
um, prayer nook and I sit there and I read, um, I meditate, I listen to music, I read scripture, but also just like when I breathe, I put a big um, glass whiteboard there and just write down prayer requests, write down ideas, write down in a journal and, I, and, I, and I just I listen, I hear, I think, I create, you know, and um, those are all the things that I think mm. is way more. That's where you start living and stop being entertained. Mm-hmm. This thing I is love great. that. This thing is great. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's so awesome for like, communicating. But it's also really bad because you were plugged in and people were, were watching people were watching people live their lives online instead of living our own life. I, I talked about this on a podcast last week. The Coliseum is alive and well. You know, give them entertainment and give them bread. You know, and that's just will sedate them like that. That's what Caesar said. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what we've got with with TV shows, reality shows, apps, you know, mm-hmm. sporting events, everything. And we've got people who are just watching life instead of living life. I agree. Um, what would you say before we move on to the swimming? Because I want to get okay. there. What would you say to those who are struggling to find their purpose in life? What can they do? Um, they unplug. Unplug. Unplug, 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 unplug. <laughs> That's an easy unplug. Unplug it's, it's and sit like, quiet. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know how else to say it. Unplug. <laughs> like if you watch, uh, if, if you're watching, if you're on your phone four to six hours a day watching TV for weekends, whatever, um, where's the time for you to just be with you? Right. Yeah. But I, I would say yep. unplug. Yeah, make the time, make the time for you. You have to make yourself that important and put it above these things that you're watching. I agree. I agree. All right. Respect yourself yourself enough (laughs) to to work on yourself and to be with yourself rather than just giving yourself to everyone else. Yeah. Would you also, in addition to, you just said, respect yourself, would you, would you also agree that it's a form of self-love to love yourself enough to turn off these things and really explore who you are and to find your North star, to find that which you were created for? I mean, that ultimately I would think is one of the highest forms of self-care we can do for ourselves. Talk about what your greatest, highest purpose is and how that ties into swimming. What inspired you to take on the challenge of swimming the Kauai Channel? So my purpose really is one, living a a legacy every day. So what I mean by that is like, I'm not just going to die and leave money. I want, I want a few things. Um, Like, to point the way to Jesus, to help sober, curious people, you know, determine if they want to be sober. Like, what does that look like? To make help people understand you can have a life of sobriety and have an incredible life, you know, and you're probably going to function a lot better too, um, you know, um, and, and serve others, you know, serve others with my talents, which is now turning into fundraising. So sobriety swimming and serving um whatever order you want to put that in is really the purpose um and that all is driven by every single day making sure that i'm i'm developing myself 
and spiritually, physically, relationally to drive the financial. Um, and the financial, I always believe, like, you take care of people, then you'll be fine, you know? So what got me into swimming, I got back in swimming about six, seven years ago. Um, I had a, a really close, close friend. He's a brother to me um, now. And he, um, he, he had found out about a swimming pass. He was doing triathlons. He's like, hey, man, you need to go into open water swim race if you don't want to do pool races. He's like, there's one in six weeks. Why don't you train up a little bit? I was like, right, I'll, I'll do some swimming. And, and it was like, I could have done a like a half mile or something, a 1.2 mile, 2.4 mile. And I was like, man, I'm so slow. I'm fat. I'm overweight. Like, I'm not, I'm not anywhere near what I used to be when I was swimming. So, but mentally, I feel pretty strong. So I'll do the 2.4 mile swim. And, um, it was funny. I was like, I come out, there's a picture of me and I'm like cramping and, but I finished oh. and I, I won my age group and I, I came like seventh overall or something. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. I haven't swum in years. I really enjoyed being open water. I did another one, same thing happened. And I was just like, I don't want to race other people. I'm like, Let's see how far I can swim. And so I started doing test swims. I did a five, a six mile swim. Then I did a 12 mile swim. Okay. And then I was expect to um, do a really big swim across Lake Michigan. COVID hit. My boat fell through. Um, but I did a swim anyway and, and did like 28 miles that day. But got super sick because like I knew nothing about nutrition. Oh, wow. You know, what to eat. Like wear earplugs in cold water because the water gets into your inner ear drum and makes you, I had no clue. I'm like out there with wrist crackers and, and some water, you know? Oh my gosh. Not, now, not you, did you have a team with you doing that? Like, I'm, I'm trying to picture you swimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, like you're funny. all by, you're not all by yourself no. out, you know, 28 miles. I, I, <laughs> I'm going up the coast. For I'm us novices coast. here. <laughs> I was going up and down okay. the coast in, in Michigan. Um, so my Got bride, you. Kelly, she's she's on the kayak with one of our daughters, uh, Sophie. And so because the kayak even had a crack in it. So every two hours they had to pull over, empty it out of water and then come back. And, and so we just swam. We started like six in the morning, swam all day. It was, it was fine. It was great. Um, but just kind of like I went, I just went 20 miles in the last six, six miles. I puked the entire way and I kept going. And I was like. I wonder how many miles English Channel is. Like, this is how naive I was to the sport. Um, and this was like four years ago. And I find out the English Channel is 20 miles. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Um, so I, you I just swam about, 28. Yeah. So you I just talked did to did 28. Like, it... I think I'm going to do the English Channel. I mean, that's, that's a big swim, you know. Um, so I signed up for the English Channel. And then they're like, yeah, your spot will be in two and a half years because because covid okay. and everything i'm like yeah. oh okay that's cool well in the meantime i start getting into the open water swim community and I, i'm doing races down in charleston amazing woman kathleen wilson she runs she's an open water swimmer runs a race or has a race down in charleston she's just she swam sea of galilee a couple of years ago she's a believer um she's just an amazing person but so i uh 
told her I was doing English Channel. She's like, oh, are you doing it at the Ocean 7? I'm like, the Ocean's what? So I start looking up all these swims, and I'm like, yeah. there's six more really cool swims out there. And um, I started kind of putting this plan together. Of, well, maybe I'd like to do that one someday or that one. But it all kind of culminated. Um, I did Lake Kiwi. You'll be, you know, Lake Kiwi. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, Lake Kiwi is, yeah, it's about a, yeah. a 30 minutes or so from, from where yeah, I am. So yeah. Two summers ago, I did that from top to bottom. No one's ever done oh, wow. 22 miles. Um, yeah. Fantastic swim. So beautiful. Yeah, it's um, a beautiful area. I was up there a couple of weeks ago hiking. Yeah, it's just absolutely yeah. beautiful up gorgeous. there. Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. yeah. Gorgeous but wait a minute. I have to pause you a minute, though. The first yeah. time you, you were going along up in Lake Michigan, right? Was it along there, you said? Yeah. And I heard you. Did I hear you correctly say you were swimming and like you were puking the whole time, but you oh, still kept course. going? Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. I want to capture that a minute because if somebody's swimming, right, and you're like, you're 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 puking along the way what internally drove you to continue you know i went through a divorce i've been bankrupt i've, I've had yeah. dropping my kids off after a visitation weekend is the most painful thing i've ever done in my life mm. there's mm -hmm. nothing nothing has even come close to the pain that i've felt when I'm dropping divorced them as off. well yeah, yeah. It's, there's a lot yeah. of pain in there there is so much pain and i didn't and then um, fast forward, I didn't even know about grief as much until um, my really close friend, my sister, um, passed of ALS last year, and then my dad passed like two months later. Mm. You know, um, mm. and it was like grief is the most painful now, the most painful thing, second most painful thing I've ever done, other than dropping my kids off after visitation. And yeah. so, like, I started thinking, I'm like, okay, so these, if I'm going to do these swims, like like Kiwi. At, I was struggling, but I was doing it to write for cancer awareness. And I was like, these people didn't choose to have cancer and they're fighting for life. I'm choosing to do this. I need to finish. Mm. I need to finish this. And I just started getting this mentality of like, every time I go swim or I go raise money, like my pain does not compare to the pain these people are in that we're raising money for. Mm. So you know what? Go into the pain cave, deal with it, get through it, and pray your pray pray your way through it. Get through whatever you got to do to get through it. Prayers, um, affirmations from the team. You know, there's all different. I call them keys to get through out the pain cave. Um, mm -hmm. The different doors, and and that's what I started putting together in life. Was like, I've done this really hard thing. I could do this really hard thing. Mm -hmm. But. But instead, a lot of times we go, I've done this hard thing, and now I want to sit in comfort. What did you do in those moments where you had guilt and shame for, you know, the certain things that have happened in your life? What are some things that you did to let go of that, to be comfortable with who you are so that you didn't carry around that baggage? Yeah, I, I actually went into some pretty deep coaching and counseling. I sought help, you know, I realized that. Um, although I had verbalized it and, and pray, prayed about it and, and given it up, like there was another step to it. It was the step of sharing it with other men and, and sharing it so that my story could help them and their story could help me.
mm-hmm. and knowing that you're not, we're not alone. We're all messed up in some way. Well, every, everyone's got, no one has any problems until you go through the front door. And then, you know, and then you can see them all behind the front door. But um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really just um, being willing to be vulnerable. You know, once, once you're, once, you know, there's this, you got to be a macho man or whatever, a real man, just store everything in and, and don't talk about things and just get through it. Yeah, that's great until your toxicity blasts all over everybody else because you, you're not dealt with anything, you know, or you're just working all the time for achievement and it's all driven by guilt and shame, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know so that all you, all you care about is, is, is the next deal or the next bag of money yeah. or the next um, opportunity and you're you're in your in the wake of you is your health and your relationships and your connections you know so yeah it's, yeah it sounds like you found healing in vulnerability when you reached sure. out to others sure sure yeah absolutely yeah. I mean how can you sit here in this podcast and just I'll share my story with anyone now I'm I don't care you know yeah. but could I have done that 10 years ago no I don't even know I could have done that six years ago. Mm, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's a process. Everything's a process. So yeah. like after after um, Laura, you know, passed away, ALS, my dad passed, I was sitting on the beach up in Michigan again last summer, and I, I'd been doing some swims. Um, didn't have the English Channel till 2024, till next summer. And I just looked at Kelly, and I went, I got to book a swim for next year. And she goes... Uh, okay, which one? I'm like, I'm going to go up to the house. I'm going to go book Hawaii. And she's like, why Hawaii? I'm like, it's the longest one. It's the biggest one. And mm. I, I, I just, I want to go back to Hawaii with you, just the two of us. And I, I just want to swim. And I'm, I'm not quite ready for cold water. <laughs> so I'm going to be out there. And, um, and I just can't wait till 2024 to do English Channel. Um. So that's what I did. I went and I booked it. I got the captain and booked it. And, and then then the conversations after summer started with um, Miracle Hill. Like, hey, how can we fundraise? What, mm-hmm. what are some needs? And mental health counseling for foster children came up. Long-term sober living communities came up. But yeah. we really felt led in January. We really felt led that it was going to be mental health counseling for foster children. Like paying the bills, helping them get counseling they need. Um, and that was great. You know, we raised money for that. But that swim, that swim taught me more. Like, people say you go through these crucible moments like that to find out who you are. And I I say when you go through those moments or something hard, it actually confirms who you are. Not, yeah. You don't find out who you are. It confirms who you, who you are to that point. And um, just the faith stories inside of it were unbelievable. But Yeah, um, let's. Let's dig into those because okay. I know you're not going to say it. I'm going to say it. You were stung by a Portuguese mare of war. You accidentally seven ran seven times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you and you accidentally ran into like the kayak that's there has this, uh, what do they call it? Shark, like a it's shark. A shark uh, yeah. yeah shark, shark. shark you, you accidentally swam into that. I can't imagine the amount of pain any of those would have brought you. You kept swimming. So you talked about those crucible moments. Capture that and talk about that, please. 
yet everything had kind of gone like there was so many i i can't even we'd have to do a whole nother podcast to just talk about the the week of the swim the day of the swim we had flown over to malachi and we're we're sitting on malachi we had a local guy it was easter sunday we had a local guy pick us up take us out there um and uh our boat captains coming across from the other side with the kayakers and um and uh it was rough like it was rough and they're like we don't know and there's going to be more comes out about that we actually have a documentary coming out in a couple months about that swim so i'm not going to give it all away but they were a little bit nervous they were a little bit nervous about going and i i was like look i've been sitting underneath this palm tree all day the wind's going straight from Molokai to Oahu. I was like, I'll give it a shot. And the captain's like, okay, if you want to go, we go. I was like, if you let me go, I'll go. And it was that step of faith that I was like, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'll go. I'll trust you. Very quickly, I knew I was in, I was in, I was in bad shape. I started puking in an hour and a half. In. And you got to remember, it's pitch dark. We started at 6 o'clock at night on Easter Sunday. So by seven. Why do you? Why at night? Why at night? Why did you not swim during the day when it was so, bright? Dehydration, sun, and marine life. We want to, oh. yeah. It's like we don't want as much marine activity, you know, um, going through it. Plus, if you end, if they found like starting at that time, you're more chance of ending the swim in, in the daylight. Trying to end this, the swim at night on the other side is it's almost impossible. It's really, really hard. So that's like the best time to start. But uh, yeah, we got out into the channel and an hour and a half in, I just projectile vomit on my nose, everything right down my body. No one can tell. And immediately the fear kicks in. Oh, I just chummed the water. Oh, well, nothing I can do about it. Keep swimming. Mm. Oh, wait a minute. I've only been not even swimming for two hours and puking. I'm not going to tell anyone. Keep swimming. Then I got hit by the shark shield. I'm like, I screamed and um, yeah. I was like, Hey, nothing I can do. Keep swimming. You know, then I get stung by a Portuguese man. I can do keep swimming. About four right, hours. Because, because the rules say you're not allowed to touch anybody and they're not allowed to touch you. Is no, that correct? Can't touch yeah. the boat. I don't have a wetsuit on cap, goggles, swimsuit. Can't touch the boat. Can't hold on to anything. Yeah. So my nutrition plan that I had all in a beautiful laminated spreadsheet, out the window like i'm calling out my next feedings as i'm as i'm taking a feeding and basically they have they've got a bottle we've got a carabiner bottle on a, a 50 foot line that they swing out into the water and i swim mm -hmm. into the line with my arm and if i hit it i'm like oh feeding time and i pull it in and i take a feeding wow is it liquid it obviously liquid yeah. then well, it was liquids uh, further on into the swims after I got my peanut butter and jelly um, because that settled all my right, stomach. All right. Now, now you're going to have to explain. How do you eat peanut butter and jelly while you're swimming at the same time at night across a channel? Please. I, I know I yeah. can't be the only it's, one. It's not the wondering easiest Wondering how you do that. <laughs> and I had to screw the top off to be able to get it out. But yeah, so we're in four to eight foot swells. Like we're going up and down. There's points where I can't see the boat. They can't see me. Um, but I'm treading water and I'm just jamming this thing in my mouth and choking it down because I'm like, I just had this prayer. Like I, I'd honestly just had this prayer because I was like, at four hours, I was about to quit. 
And when I say I was about to quit, I was like, I'm not quitting. I just don't know how I keep going. Mm. And the, the kayaker said, he's like, Steve, you know, it's called a challenge for a reason. That's why so few people finished this one. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go pray about it and I'll keep swimming. And I was like, hey, Lord, I asked in Jesus' name for you to calm the oceans. And how I remember is another big wave hit me at that point. That might be dramatic. I might be making that up. But um, <laughs> that's how I remember it. Um, I just plain as day, Jesus just said, I never said I calm the oceans. I said I calm you in the ocean. And I was like, I popped my head up and I was like, Miles, get the peanut butter and jelly. We're going to finish this. I've got no problems. He's like, what? I was like, tell me to get a peanut butter and jelly. We are good to go. And I got to that feeding. I'm treading water. I jammed the peanut butter and jelly in my mouth. I've actually got on film me asking for the peanut butter and jelly. And, um, and I just had this calm over me, like this peace. And that I'd want to tell you that it got easier from then on. It didn't. I got stung more. You know, I, I, after that, I could only drink water. And the only thing that sounded good to me was two chips of holy cookies every time. Literally, I would screw the top off. Salt water would kind of go into my thing. I'd be getting my cookies out. I'd have salty salt water. Salty chips cookies. Salt cookies. <laughs> um, but I was boiled down to that part of the process where it was like, just keep putting one hand in front of the other. These foster children didn't ask to be foster children. Mm. I asked to be in this position. So I'm getting what I asked for, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it just became clear and more and more clear. We just kept going, kept going. One of my kayakers gets sick. We have to get him out. He has to get out for like five hours. He's only supposed to be out for two hours. So the other kayaker is with me for five, five and a half hours. And he's cramping up because they are just, I mean, it's so windy out there. So big, 21 knot winds, four to eight foot swells. He's getting blown around, you know, trying to stay next to me and guide me. Mm. And, um, and we just kept going. Every time I was like, wow. every time we stop for a feeding, I'd be like, ready to go back to work? Yep, ready. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And we kept moving forward. And uh, eventually, you know, you're like, oh, there's land. But there's two things I want to talk about. In the midst of that pain, in the midst of that pain cave, I not only found peace, but I got to see bioluminescence, pulling bioluminescence through the water like tracers, mm. right? Green little tracers going through the water. Unbelievable. Most incredible thing I've ever seen. And then before explain the explain that, comes, explain that. Like by like, what do you mean by that? I've like never little, heard of that before. They're like little um things in the water, they're bright green. And, okay. and they're just like when you pull through them, it's like you get tracers with your hands. Wow. It's, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. But there's also no light pollution in the middle of the channel. When I say I saw trillions of stars, I asked three days after the swim if I'd been hallucinated. And they're all like, no, we've never seen anything like it. There were so many stars because the moon hadn't come out yet. And there was no clouds. I mean, and we're just in this rough, primal situation just going, wow, it's a dome of stars around us. And um, so I think the lesson that I really got there is no matter how dark it gets, there's always going to be light. Always. You can't drown out the light. 
And if you keep that mentality inside of your heart, whether it's in business, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in your, you know, your, your physical self, like just keep looking for the light, looking for the truth, keep moving forward. You can have an incredible life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep your eye on the light. Even when it's dark, even when there's dark, there's always a pinpoint of hope. There's a pinpoint of light somewhere. That's right. I, lo- That's I love right. that you captured that. Talk about what your what was going through your mind when you saw land, you approached it, and then when you hit that beach, what were you thinking? Okay. When I saw land, um, when I saw land, the sun was just starting to rise. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's really wavy out here. (laughs) My gosh. Um, I guess I didn't really quite realize as dark as it was. Um, But as I got closer to land, I just remember I was starting thinking about Laura and my dad. And I really started choking up. And I was like, oh, man, they're not here. They're not here not here to be with me for this, you know? Two of my biggest supporters in life who, like, just when I was down at the rock bottom were there and loved me before rock bottom, during rock bottom, after rock bottom, just loved me. And, um, and, uh, you know, Laura had ALS and fought for every breath. My dad's had the Widowmaker back in 2010 and, mm-hmm. and lived. You know, and I'm just like, I I just went through this channel. I'm fighting through this channel, and, and they're not here to celebrate it. And I breathe, and I happen to be breathing to the left, and boom, there's a double rainbow. Mm. I mean, I can't make it up. I, I can't make it up. And where people see coincidence, I see providence. Yeah. And it was just so exciting. It was like, wow, this is amazing. So then I'm like, okay, it's getting clearer. I can see the bottom. And I'm still like a mile, two miles out from shore. And I can start to see bottom. And I'm like, oh, man, Lord, thank you so much. I'm, we're getting close. And I'm starting to get excited. I'm like, hey, man, we're going to finish this thing. And then Did you start swimming faster? <laughs> no, no, no. The fear stick kicks in again. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I started thinking, what's what? How do I not finish this? And the only thing I could come up with was, oh, a shark could take me down right now. And I'm like, okay, let's just move that one to the side and not think about that any longer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> In the moment, you're like, you're exhausted, you're tired, your arm, your shoulder hurts, you're, you're bloodied on the left shoulder because your, your face is rubbed the skin off. Mm. You know? I mean, you're, I've been eating two chips of high cookies every half hour for eight hours. I'm depleted, I'm salt mouth, everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, yeah, no, I think it's just a shark. A shark takes me down, I'm done. Well, can't really do anything about that. Can't control that, so I'm just going to keep going. Keep and, going. Um, you know, with two two hours to go, Jake um, got in the other kayaker. He had been asleep for five and a half hours. And he's like, I can't believe you're still going. I was like, man, you look so much better. You're looking good. He's like, I'm feeling good. He's like, but I can't believe you're still going. I was like, okay, well, I'm still going. Still going. Here's the deal. You ready to finish this? He said, yeah, I'm ready. I said, okay, 
you lead me and you do you do a great job and I will follow you. And he goes, okay. And man, we just got after it and um and we get closer to land and Miles jumped in. He put fins on and he jumped in and he was one of the kayakers and swam next to me. And I noticed him trying to get a little faster to get ahead of me. And I'm like, I can't let you do that. <laughs> so, I got, so I got faster and he's like, hey, you got really fast there at the end. I was like, yeah, you kept getting in front of me. <laughs> Sounds I, like um, you like a challenge. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I got to the land and um, I, I got onto the beach and I seen a lot of people fall over and it, I was exhausted. People were exhausted. I get it. But I was like, you know, I want to finish the race strong. Whatever I do, and I want to give glory to God. And I, so when I got that beach, went running up the beach and turned in one way, you know, and yeah. uh, it was just like I saw that. I actually saw that. Yeah. I watched the. It was on the news. I found the news clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I thought was most amazing was what you just described. I saw you. It showed you coming out of the water, and you mm -hmm. ran up onto the beach. And you're right. You didn't fall. And I thought yeah. that was, you know, that was after swimming for 12 hours and 28, 28 miles, to stand there at the end. Yeah. I think that was just an incredible feat. Did you feel like your dad and Laura were there when you hit the shore? So, so a um, couple of things there. I pre-programmed that three months ahead of time. I mm. pre-programmed that I was going to run that beach. And mm -hmm. I visualized mm -hmm. running that beach. Visualization. Yeah. Every we talk a lot time. about that. A lot of it. Like, so when it came, I it wasn't even, I didn't even have to think about it. I just knew what I was going to do. Yeah. Um. So then here comes Courtney down the beach, and this is Laura's daughter who got stationed out. Her husband got stationed in Oahu two years, a year and a half ago. So there's Courtney. Laura, Laura couldn't be there, but Courtney was there. Aww. That was pretty cool. And then, and then a gentleman, Bruce, showed up. And I met Bruce on Monday in a, in a um, archival um, place. Um, and... Uh, I overheard him watching this YouTube video about a, a Christian um, surfer. And I was like, oh, what's that about? And he's like, hey, he comes over and sits with me. And he's like, this guy was the lifeguard on North Shore three months ago. But I was walking with my granddaughter and had a massive heart attack. Mm. He prayed over me, laid hands on me. I got to the hospital and they did a, um, I think, a valve replacement or what. They did some pretty serious stuff. And he's like, I'm here. So this guy shows up. You think that's a coincidence? Guy with heart failure and all that. My dad had, you know, like yeah. the two people no. show up. And Nothing's I, again, a coincidence. No, it's providence. And um, and I was just like, in that moment, I was so grateful to a basically a stranger who I had prayed with on Monday, wanted to just be there with me on 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 the mm. next Monday morning. Literally a week later, you know. Wow, so what was, a great story! It was incredible, but they uh. They tried to convince me to just get in the car to go back to the, the harbor. And I, I guess there was a big problem with that. I guess they didn't understand. Number one, that Kelly, my bride, is on the boat. I've got to go see her. And number two, there is no way I'm not swimming back out to the boat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's just no way. And so we got back in the water and swam back out. And they're just like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'd rather be in the water. So at Sandy yeah. Beach, we went back out. It was great. 
Wow. Wow. What that that's an incredible story. What is what is something that you thought would be difficult about swimming the channel and wound up wasn't? And what was something that you thought would be easy and turned out to be really challenging for you? Oh, there's something I thought was going to be easy. I think I underestimated the, um, what did I th- I, I guess I underestimated the just the power of the water. Hmm. Um, there were sometimes I would I would stroke and it would almost like I'd body surf for two feet, but then the next wave would come because the way they were going and just push me under two feet. You know, I mean, hmm. this is such big water, but I I think I also underestimated the beauty of it. like there's something like you're standing on a beach in Molokai. There's no boats, no one else, nothing. Your kayakers here, your boats here, and it's just you. And you head out, and we've got drone footage of us heading out. And there's you just heading out into the ocean. You can't see a lot of it. So I underestimated the beauty of it. I really did. Um, but the the hard what I actually, I knew I was going to get jellyfish thing. Like, I knew I would get stung. I just, I just didn't. Mm. What I didn't realize was, again, I had gone through so many harder things in life that when I got them, I was like, I can actually handle this. Mm. I, can, I can deal with this pain. It's, 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 it's annoying. It doesn't feel good. But you know what? It distracted me for a while, and it allowed me to keep doing my job and doing what I needed to do to keep moving forward. And I think like so often we try and shy away from pain, but pain can actually propel us. You know, um, when you get uncomfortable, get comfortable getting uncomfortable, right? How many mm-hmm. times have you heard that? Yeah, that yeah. Lovely yeah. word of wisdom, but it's so true. <laughs> like, um, you know, That's where the growth it. comes. Don't you, do you, do you feel like the growth comes yeah. in those moments yeah. where you have those low is not, because uh, when you're low, it's generally a moment of pain of some kind, mm-hmm. whether it's emotional pain or physical pain or a combination of both. That's where our yes. lowest points are. But when we're down there, that's where the opportunity for growth is the greatest. And I hear that threaded throughout your, your story. And I know it's, I mean, it's inspiring me to listen to, I'm sure others who are listening, anybody who listens is definitely inspired by that. I know I am. Um, Steve, I, you know, I could talk for like another hour, (laughs) but I want to be mind, I want to be mindful of your time and you are always welcome. Of course, welcome back on my podcast. Um, as we, uh, oh yeah, as we wrap up, um, and this is kind of a, this is kind of a, this might extend it a couple of minute question, but I always love to ask this question. What's one topic um, or question you wish I would have asked and how would you would, how would you have answered that question or expanded on the topic? Um, so a question I get asked a lot was, is um, what was the hardest part of when you do a large open water ultra swim? Mm-hmm. Like, what was the hardest part of the Hawaii swim? That's like the basic first question. And what I always say is um, the hardest part of the swim, you would think it would be drowning out the voices of other people. It's not. It's mm-hmm. drowning out your own voice. It's, 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 it's being absolutely sure of who you are and where you're going. 
so that when you have to get up in the morning and get out of bed while your spouse is nice and cozy and warm and you're about to go train again and you train twice a day sometimes three a day seven days a week you know when people are talking about recovery days and i'm like i don't i haven't had a recovery day in five months i don't, I don't know what this recovery day is you speak of um but those are hard the process is hard but the process will get you the result and it's not linear it is not linear you know um i have trained with more sinus infections than i care to admit um i you know I, i've got this written rule too like after i do a swim it's not i just go sleep and take care of myself no no, no. now i'm going to do hey cal what do you want to do hey family what do you want to do how you know mm -hmm. how do i invest back into the people that love and support me not just go crash so i've got, I've got to keep going like the mm -hmm. you know the swim's over oh it just gets relaxed no 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 now i've got to lean in and find that next gear to go take care of the people that take care of me oh yeah that's so, great so, well that goes yeah. in with your philosophy like what you're kind of like your philosophy is where you're taking care of the spiritual, you're taking care of yourself and you're taking your care of your family and relational yeah. as well. Yeah. You don't just go back into your shell and, you know, kind of wear on your sleeve. Look what I just did. So I'm going to go ignore everybody else. I think that's right. just that that's just a beautiful picture on how you care. You, you take, you do take care of yourself and I hear that in there, but you don't do it at, at the expense of others. And I think that's right. definitely an art form as well hey we didn't get to what's the moby for oh moby yeah so um uh we were coming up with grandparent names because baby eden was born um in march Aww. and um she's so sweet but um we you know our first round of names didn't really click they weren't clicking it didn't, wasn't working out and so it's like before the hawaii swim and i'm like well just call me chum because i'm starting to get ticked off like i, I just want a name picked i don't and um and nobody liked Chum. And I was like, well, what about Bait? Can I be called Bait? And they're like, no, you can't be called Bait. Uh, but, you mean uh, for a grandpa name, right? You didn't want Papa yeah, 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 or Grandpa yeah, yeah. or, you know. Uh, I didn't want to be okay. Grandpa. And, um, gotcha. At one point I was going to be Cap or Captain, and I didn't really like that. Um, but then the girls were just like, well, Mom's going to be Mamie, and we think you should be Moby. You know, after <laughs> after the whale, and I'm like, well, hopefully I'm a little skinnier, but um, uh, <laughs> just kind of like Moby is kind of like a a nice jacket. Just kind of I put it on, and I just went, I really, I, like it. I really like the Moby chapter, and that's where I'm moving into now. Everything you see is Steve Moby Leach, and it's really because, you know, like our family is is so beautiful. It's blended. It's hard. It's not perfect. It's imperfect. We we don't all get along. It doesn't all work out. We don't see each other all the time. But you know what? There's a love and care for each other. And that little grandbaby is just um, just a reminder of to live your life every single day. Don't live somebody else's life. Don't watch somebody else's life. Live your life. Um, love God. Love others. And just go get after it. You know. And that's that's the Moby. That's the Moby life. I love it. 
And you know what? I think you answered my last question. And it, it's as we close, what's one small step someone can do today that's going to help them change their tomorrow? Yeah, get up tomorrow morning when you say you're going to get up. Don't hit snooze. It's like, you know, like just start with one thing. Um, if you say you're going to get up at five, get up at five. Say you're going to get up at seven, get up at seven. You know, do do that and start doing little things like that. Um, or if you've got any questions, reach out to me. Like I, I coach people all the time on and how to just create better habits that make that work for their life. And I don't create the habits. I work with you to create your habits what you want for your life, um, you know, because we don't all need to get up at 4.30 in the morning, okay? But right. we do all get up when we say we're going to get up. Right. Being real to ourselves, keeping promises to ourselves. It's right. probably one of the worst. It's probably one of the worst things we can do to tell our, to make a promise to ourselves and then break a promise to ourselves. Right. So right. we can grow as a person when we say right. we're going to do something, we go ahead and do that thing. And then it just makes us feel so much better on the inside, too. I mean, yeah. think about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You said you're going to go do something. Then you go do it. Steve, thank you. I'm going to put all you sent me your contact information. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put that in the show notes. But for those that are listening, you want to just say like one or two ways people can find you real quick. Yeah, we've got the YouTube channel. We've just got our little trailer for the documentary up there. It's really cool. Um, Please pass it around. Um, Just we threw together a website, stevemobileach.com. Web. Got, got my Facebook page and our swimming Facebook page is coming along. We've got a lot of stuff coming out. Um, and it's and it's really, we want to be the sweat equity. We want to create great content around swimming and meeting people and, and doing these swims to raise money for others. We want to make a difference in the upstate of South Carolina and we need your help. But also, if there's anything that we can help you with, let us know. You want to you want to do an endurance race? Let me know. You want to create new habits? Let me know. You want to talk about quitting drinking? We can talk about. It. We can head you in the right direction. But um, yeah, the information will be up there. Um, Perfect. And feel free to reach out. And, and people will be able to if they want to donate to your next swim. That information will be there too, that's, so that's they can help yet. support. That, that will yet. be coming. Okay. Yeah, okay. That will be Perfect. Coming. Perfect. Well, Steve, thank you again for your time. This has been amazing. I enjoyed our conversation very much so. Yes. I cannot thank you enough. I really appreciate you just having me and and listening to me. You ask great questions. I know I rattle on a little bit, but thank you so much. You're fine. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Small Steps Big Wins podcast. I value your time with me and I seek to make every moment count. In order to make lasting change in your life, listening is usually not enough. So I want to ask you, what practical steps are you going to put into action today as a result of listening to this podcast? Remember, any step, any action, no matter how small, starts your journey to a big win. And if you're not sure where to get started, reach out to me and let's have a conversation. Until next time, love yourself, then love others. Peace.